The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Is anybody not started yet? Okay, well, good. Uh, we were shopping yesterday, and I do normally like Christmas shopping, but boy, I don't know. Uh, well, we were talking about this yesterday. It's more glorious to give than to receive. And I, I bet that's true with most of us. We just enjoy giving to gifts. And uh, we enjoy seeing the uh, expressions or we enjoy sharing something with someone we love. But I want you to think about this this morning. What if that person uh, you gave a gift to never opened it? Uh, if you just handed them a gift and they... Uh, just threw it to the side. That, it wouldn't make us happy, would it? I mean, uh, we would be disappointed. We would say, why why have you not opened this gift? Or why don't you care about this? Or even if they did open it and uh, and just tossed it away with all the, the trash, you know, you'd say, well, I, I spent time on that. I thought about that. Uh, it was the best, cheapest thing I could find, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but... Uh, that's not true. I'm just kidding. Uh, we wouldn't like that at all, would we? If you would, turn to Romans, and I guess you can turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to kind of take a break today from our uh, recalculating our journey, our, our study through First John, and we're going to just look at some things. And uh, Jesus Christ, God's gift, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, and we're we're just going to read one passage in Romans 8, and then we're going to be in Romans chapter 5 the rest of the time. So you can go to Romans chapter 8. And if you're in Romans 8, look at verse 7. We're kind of just going to jump right in the middle of a paragraph uh, to see what Christ has to say about the sinful mind. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those who are controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Now, uh, if we wanted to read that whole passage of Scripture, then we can understand that Christ is talking about life through the Spirit. He's talking about uh, we were once a, a sinful nature, but God's given us a new nature. And uh, he's talking here, even in this passage we read, about uh, a, an old nature, uh, living according to the old nature versus living according to the new nature. Uh, but, but just in the middle of that, I wanted us to see that passage of Scripture. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the old sinful nature. Now remember, when we're born again, when we accept Christ, we get a new nature. But those controlled by the old nature cannot please God. Now, if you want to, turn over to, to Romans chapter 5. Just a few days before Christmas, a postal worker at the main sorting office found an unstamped, handwritten, messy envelope addressed to God. Curious, he opened it and discovered that it was from an elderly lady who was in great distress <coughs> Excuse me, because all of her savings, $200, had been stolen. And as a result, she wouldn't have anything to eat for Christmas. So the, way, the man went to his fellow postal workers and took up a collection for the woman. They dug up all they could come up with, and 
They came up with $180 there at the last minute. He put the money in a plain envelope with no note or anything explaining uh, the, what was happening or how that took place. The postal workers sent it by special carrier to the woman that very same day. And a week later, that same worker noticed a, another unstamped envelope addressed to God, the same hat and writing, and he found inside it this, dear, this note, this little short note. It says, Dear God, thank you for the $180 you sent me for Christmas which would have been so bleak otherwise. P.S. It was $20 short, but that was probably because of those thieving postal workers. <laughs> uh, and that wasn't Ron that that, that, that happened to. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we have a gift, and... Uh, you know, we have the old saying, don't look to gift horse in the mouth, but we have gifts that we receive, and sometimes we don't appreciate those gifts like we should, and sometimes we may not even understand the value of gifts. Uh, I'm sure folks have given presents and given gifts of uh, family uh, inheritances, maybe, some kind of family heirloom that has been passed down, and after a few generations that gift loses its value to the next generation. You know, you may have had something that your great-great-grandmother passed down to, to her daughter that was passed down to her daughter that was passed down to you that you passed to your daughter, and at some point your daughter's daughter is going to get it. And for you it's such a special gift, but it's lost the meaning over so many years. And and you want to share with those people this this came from your great-great-great-grandmother, and this is the history behind this. And um, a lot of times when we understand the, the value of a gift, then it makes it worth so much more. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. As we look in Romans chapter 5, and I want us to see five gifts this morning. Don't worry, they're short, so we're not going to be here for two hours, just an hour and a half probably, but, but five gifts that Christ gave us, that God gave us through Jesus Christ. And, and the gift is yours for always and forever. The thing that we could think about this morning as we look at these different gifts that God has given us is when you receive a gift, it's yours. And if someone gives you a gift and takes it back, what do we call them? That's probably not politically correct anymore. So don't say that. I don't know what we'll call them thieves, I guess, but, uh, you know, we, we have a gift, it's our gift, and these five gifts God has given us. Now, here's the important thing. God has given us these gifts, and once we receive them, He will never take them away. He gave us a gift of salvation, didn't He? He will never take that gift away. If we think to ourselves that, oh, this is a Baptist thing, or this is a certain denominational thing, that is a God thing. That is in the Bible over and over and over that God's gift of eternal life doesn't have to do with us or our actions or our ability to do good or do bad. It's a gift of God given by God through faith lest any man should boast because if we were able to 
have that gift and develop that gift ourselves and keep that gift. We can boast everyone else, this is what I've done to keep that gift. Jesus says that God gives us, gives him the children of God who is us and that God gets a hold of us and nothing can take us out of God's hand. And you know what? When God gets his hand on us, he's going to hold our hand. If we go the wrong direction, he's going to stretch out that way, but he's not going to let us go. And that's a gift that we've got. So with that gift, that gift of eternal life, comes a few more gifts. And the first one is this, and I'm going to read through these in, John, in Romans chapter 5. The first is this. We have the gift of justification. The gift of justification. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and we're going to read half of that. Therefore, and I'm going to drop that word since out because we're talking about this passage. Therefore, we have been justified through faith. So God has given us a gift of, of justification. Justification is a, is a divine pronouncement of God uh, that we're acquitted from sin's penalty. In other words, we've, we've been acquitted, acquitted from any sin that we have. God's judgment on sin... And, and justification has made us acceptable before God, even though we're still sinners. Now, when you start talking to someone who, who thinks about, uh, I'm saved today, but I sinned and I lost my salvation, and I'm going to have to be re-saved, when we begin to think about all of those things, we're thinking that because we're sinners, God has, has let us go again. You know what, folks? Just because we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior doesn't mean we're not sinners anymore, does it? If you've been here through the, the study of 1 John, what does John say about that? He says if we say we're without sin, what do we do? We make God a liar and we lie. So we can't simply say, well, I've sinned, I'm no longer saved, uh, I, I got things right Sunday, but so today I am saved. Folks, we're just sinners saved by grace. And we have a gift of God. We have been justified before God through Jesus Christ. I always say this, justification simply is just as if I had never sinned. When God looks at us through the blood of Jesus, He sees us just as if we had never sinned. We've been justified through faith. That's a gift God has given us. Chuck Swindoll says justification is the sovereign act of God whereby he declares righteousness to the believing sinner while he is still in a sinning state. In other, world, in other words, while we still sin, while we still have a sinful nature, we have been justified through faith in Jesus Christ, and he's given us that new nature. So, so the first gift is this. We've been justified, the gift of justification. That's just a church word. That means we've been acquitted of our sins penalty. Here's the second gift. God's given us a gift of peace with God through Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Look at the second part of that. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. That's that's uh, essential meaning is this. We've been reconciled before God. Matter of fact, some of your translations may even say we've been reconciled before God. How many of y'all reconcile your checking account? Do y'all do that? I, I think I may have told you one time. <laughs> I think I may have told you one time. A buddy of mine 
He never reconciles his checking account. He simply takes, he checks his checks off, and whatever the bank statement says, that's what he writes in there. Boy, I can't do that. If I'm a penny off, I re-subtract everything, I go, you know if it's nine cents off, what does that mean? It means you've transposed a number somewhere. If it's divisible by nine, you've transposed something. That makes it easy. You can go back and just see what you've transposed, but that's just a little thing you, you can learn if you balance your checkbook. If you didn't already know that, now you know. But, but it's an accounting term that means this. Uh, our, our balance is correct. We've been, we've been reconciled. We've made peace with God. In other words, the scales are even. We don't, we don't owe him anything. He doesn't owe us anything. We've been reconciled. And what it really means is there were barriers put us between us and God. When we sinned, there was a sin barrier that was between us and God. And when we accepted Jesus Christ, he gave us peace with God. He gave us reconciliation before God. Listen to this. Do you think Jesus Christ had peace with God? Just say yes or no. Jesus had peace with God, didn't he? He was in peace with God. He, he was reconciled before God. He, he had a correct balance before God. Now listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave to you, and my peace I give you. Isn't that great? That's a gift of God. He's given us His peace. Jesus Christ has given us His peace. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give you. I do not give you uh, as to the world it gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid, because I have given you my peace. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For He, Jesus Christ Himself, is our peace. That passage goes on and says He's made two one and destroyed a barrier, a dividing wall of hostility. What that's talking about is it's talking about the barriers between Jews and Gentiles. But, but that first part of that verse, Jesus Christ himself is our peace. You know the problem in our world today? It's not our government. The problem in our world today is not the absence of money or the absence of, of uh, or the presence of evil or ISIS or what. The problem in our world today is that man is an enemy of God. That's the problem. And that that, that enemy of God is why there's always division in the world. And, and we need peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. The night Christ was born, the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace and goodwill to men. That's what our world's lacking today. We're lacking peace with God, but remember the gift that God gave us. He gave us peace with God. So he, He's given us the gift of justification just as if we had never sinned. He's given us the ability to have peace with God. Our account has been balanced. We have peace with God. That's their second gift. Here's the third gift. He's given us the gift of access to God. Look at verse 2. Let's just read it all. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have gained access by faith unto His grace, which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, I want you to go back and I want you to think about something. Realize this, that during this time, 
the Jews went to the temple and the priest made offerings for them. We've been reading this for a couple of years now on Wednesday nights as we've been reading through the Old Testament and studying the Old Testament. For, for a person during this time, before Christ, to be right with God, they always had to go through a priest. They brought grain offerings. They brought uh, uh, offerings of their livestock. They brought offerings of their first fruits. They brought all of these drink offerings. They brought all kinds of offerings to God, but all of them went through a priest. We don't understand that so much today because we don't do that. So for us to... For us to look at that gift and say, okay, I have access to God, I don't think we fully understand the meaning of that. For these folks, they had never had that access with God without going through a priest. But Jesus Christ came and he says, uh, but as Paul came, he said to these Jews, by Jesus Christ, we now have access by faith into his grace whereby we stand. You know what he was telling us? He was telling us every one of us, born again, has direct access to God. We had a prayer time while ago, and I hope you prayed during that prayer time. And do you know when you prayed, you had direct access to God? You didn't have a party line, and some of y'all don't even know what that is. You didn't have a party line, but when you prayed, you had the ear of God. You had a direct access to God, and He heard your prayer. Isn't that great? To understand that the gift that God has given us through Jesus Christ is that we have direct access to God the Father. Hebrews 4.16 tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace to find grace to help us in our times of need. How do we do that? Through Jesus Christ, who's given us the very presence of the Almighty God. Listen to what Matthew 11.28 says. It's an invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. This is God talking to us. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Through our gift that we have at Christmas, you know these are all Christmas gifts. I may have even failed to say that. This all started in Bethlehem. It all started with the birth of a Savior. Through that gift that God has given us, we've gained access to God. Here's the fourth gift. The fourth gift that we have is the love of God. And here's the great part. The love of God is this, the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Look at verse 5, Romans chapter 5. And a hope that does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts, by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit in which He has given us. In the context of this passage, this is God's love for us. It's an expression. It's, it's an extension of God that lives in us. Go back here, if you would. If you're in Romans chapter 5 in your Bibles, I don't know if I put this scripture down or not, but go back and look at, at verse 6. Let me see. Okay, you see, just at the right time, when we were still perilous, Christ died for the ungodly. Now look at verse 8. But God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
God gave us His love, that gift of the Holy Spirit at Christmas. Look at, well, you don't need to turn over there, but First John chapter 4, we've been studying through verse 9 and 10. By this love of God, it was manifested in us or among us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. He sent His whole own Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This gift that we have of God's love, this gift that we have of the Holy Spirit of God, we need to understand, folks, it's not because of what we've done. It's not because of any righteous acts that we have. Those scriptures, I say this, while we were still sinners, before we got things straightened out, before we started trying to live a godly life, God sent His Son. And He sent His Son to die for us. If we're sitting here this morning and saying, you know, one of these days... I'm going, to get, I'm going to get my life straight. And when I get my life straight, I'm going to come to know God and I'm going, to, I'm going to accept His gift and I'm going to get things straightened out. If we're thinking that, we're thinking completely wrong. Because while we were still sinners, God poured out His love for us. And when we accept Him, He gives us His love through the Holy Spirit, His gift of assurance. Romans 8, 34 through 39, listen to this. Who's going to condemn us? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, who is now is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now, that question there, where we started, is Paul saying, among all of us, who's going to condemn us? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, he was raised to life, right hand of God, interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the storms? Of the sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, and we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, God the Father, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's a gift of God. Do you know what? It's hard for me to understand that kind of love. It's hard for me to comprehend that kind of love. That even when I'm a sinner, even when I've fallen away, we have the gift of God's love. And folks, when we're born again, the gift of God's love is living in us. God the Father, alive within us. That's hard to understand, isn't it? But He lives within us. I want you to think about this. Every word that you speak, every place that you go, every thought that you have, all of your actions, all of your deeds, God the Father is right there with you. Now that can be positive, or that can scare us. But the truth is, God's love is a gift. He's given it to us. He's planted Himself with inside of us through the Holy Spirit, and He loves us, and He walks with us every day. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He'll give you a counselor that'll be with you forever. And it's the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives within you, and He will be in you. And I'll not leave you as orphans, but I'll come to you. John 14, 15 through 18. John 14 also down in verse 25 says, And all this I have spoken, 
still with, while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. God the Father loves us. He gave us himself to come to reside in us and to live in us. That's a gift of God. Here's the last thing this morning, and this is a good one that we don't think about much. We have the gift of deliverance from wrath. Look at verse 9. Well, wait a minute. Let's just put it all together. We have time. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have accessed faith, no, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope that does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit Spirit whom he has given us. You see, just at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And very rarely will someone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us, and yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more Shall we be saved from God's wrath through Jesus? Now think about this. Wrath here refers to the judgment of God. You get on the radio, you start listening to certain different preachers, and I'm, I always want to caution myself about this. You better know what they believe, and you better measure it against God's Word. That's what we've been talking about in 1 John. The whole time in 1 John, the whole problem with the churches in Asia Minor when John wrote those churches where there were false prophets among them that had raised up and been, to, been leading people wrong, the wrath of God is, is, the, is the seven years of tribulation. And right here it says we've been saved from the wrath of God. So, so when we think about Jesus Christ, we think about the gift that God has given us. He has saved us from the wrath of God. Verse 8 says this, Christ died for us. And Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've been saved from the wrath of God. That's a gift for us. Now we may have some tough times and we may have some, some days of, of uh, people denying us or people uh, making fun of us or, or all kinds of things that come. But, but the wrath of God we've been delivered from. I want you to hear about this. We don't talk much about the wrath of God. But if you come and you read with us on Wednesday nights, the Old Testament, the wrath of God has been poured out on His people several different times because of this disobedience. And we're not to fear those things. Psalm 76, 7 says, The great day of the Lord is near and it's coming quickly. Now, listen to this passage of Scripture, Zephaniah 1, 14 through 18. Listen! I didn't say that. That's what the Scripture says. It says, listen, <laughs> the cry on the day of the Lord will be bitter and the shouting of the warriors there. And it'll be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, 
a day of trumpet and battle cry against fortified cities and against corner towers. And I'll bring distress on the people, and they'll walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. And their blood will be poured out like dust, and their entrails like filth. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. And in the fire of his jealousy, the whole world will be consumed. For he'll make a sudden end of all who live upon the earth. That's a description of the day of wrath. That's a description of, of, of those times when God comes and, and he pours his wrath upon those who deny him. But listen, folks. Don't leave here saying, boy, we're a, we're a few days from Christmas. And Jake gets up there and he talks about the wrath of God. And he reads his, his picture about the world being consumed and blackness and battles and people's entrails being turned into, I don't understand why he would do that. Listen, I'm talking not about that. I'm talking about a gift we got that we've been delivered from that wrath. Isn't that great? Isn't that great to say, since we've now been justified by His blood, listen to this, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God? Isn't that great? That's a gift that God has given you. You know this year when you have Christmas gifts and someone gives you something, you're, gonna, you're probably going to wear it. It may be a sweater that you wear that folks like. You know, I like that sweater too. It may be a trinket. It may be a ring. You're not getting no ring. <laughs> uh it may be any number of things. It may be some new clothes. But what are you going to do with those gifts? You're going to wear them or you're going to use them. It may be a bread baker. You're not getting a bread baker either. But, you know, uh, you're going to use it. You're going to go, kids are going to go back to school and, and teachers are going to say, what would you get for Christmas? And you're going to go back to work and folks are going to say, what would you get for Christmas? Did Santa Claus come see you? That's what people say. What did you get for Christmas? This year, I hope you'll remember what we got for Christmas. And I hope it won't be one of those Christmas gifts that you just see one time and you just set it over on a shelf and you never think about it again. I hope it'll be a Christmas gift where you can come back and say, you know what, when Jesus Christ was born, He gave me some gifts. And I want to display those gifts. I want to use those gifts. I want to wear those gifts. I want to tell other people about the gifts that Christ gave me at Christmas. Let's bow our heads together. You won't remember these gifts if you don't write them down. Neither will I. But I want you to remember this. You have a gift of justification. God gave you a gift that you're justified before God just as if you had never sinned. God gave you a gift of peace with Him. And Jesus Christ said, The same peace I have with God the Father, I'm giving it to you. We have peace with God. We're not enemies of God. We're, we're God's children. And not only do we have the peace of Christ, the Bible says we're joint heirs. We've got an inheritance coming that Jesus Christ, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So we have a gift of justification. We have a, a gift of peace with God. We have a gift of being able to access God the Father. We don't need a priest. 
There's one mediator, the Bible says, between us and God, and that's Jesus Christ. We have direct access to God the Father. That's a gift that he's given us. We have a gift of God's presence in our life and his love in our life. You know, we read a scripture a while ago. I want to paraphrase it. There is nothing, 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 nothing that we'll ever do that will separate us from the love of God. That's a gift of God. When we accept him through Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Nothing will separate us from that gift. And we have a gift of deliverance from wrath. Doesn't matter how bad this whole world gets, we're going to win the battle. That's a gift from God. That's a promise from God. Father, I pray this morning as we've just considered the, uh, the gifts that's given, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't simply see a gift and just throw it aside, but, Father, we would take the gift that you've given us, that we would apply it to our lives every day, and, Father, that we would find joy this holiday season. We would find joy in knowing that we have peace with you. We would have joy in knowing that you live within us, that you love us so much that you died for our sins. I pray, Lord, that just every day, not just through Christmas, but as we move into a new year, we would just have joy in you. Father, I pray that you'd teach us through song, through prayer, through scripture, how to love you and how to make you first in our lives. Thank you for our gifts. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.